0: Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. I am Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach, and I am here to represent DFS Coach Talk in a wonderful NBA DFS slate that has 26 of the 30 NBA teams participating. So this is going to be a fun one. First time back in front of a uh, Dirk and my friends here. So hey Dirk, how are you? Minnie Dawson from his playing days is, is with us. Uh, we've got uh, all kinds of of, uh, of our paraphernalia back. So good to be in front of the the home computer here and getting back after DFSY. So uh, appreciate all of you that tuned in uh, during my recent trip and also you know tuned in to certainly our awesome uh, NFL uh, team. Big shout out also yesterday to, of course, Andrew Hansen. Um, He was terrific, uh, put some great lineups together for our members in in the NBA, a bunch of cashers in FanDuel, uh, even uh, some uh, off the clipboard in DraftKings and then Yahoo as well. But FanDuel was was uh, a big thing for us yesterday. We gave all of our members a ticket into the $400,000 FanDuel event, and uh, Andrew's hybrid line, uh, hybrid slash cash line, uh, definitely cashed there. So uh, money coming out of uh, all of the different areas of Coach Talk for our members today, hopefully for those that listened to Andrew's podcast yesterday as well. Um, We're going to dive into these games and roll through them. I wanted to mention a couple of things really quickly as well. Um, Today, we're going to have a uh, live question and answer for members only. In our Discord, we have a sports talk channel. We're all going to jump in there. Uh, Members are going to type in questions. I'm going to go over those, go back and forth. We'll have uh, Crash and some of our other Coach Talk team in there for breaking news to let us know if anything comes across the wire there. And uh, just debuting that today. Uh, so we'd love to have you come join us as a member, dfscoachtalk.com. As you see scrolling on the bottom, you can join with as little as a three day pass for $10. So you cannot beat it. Uh, great day today to get involved. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we've got lots of basketball. We've got the Thursday night football game, and uh, we'd love to have you in there with us. So uh, just jump on DFSCoachTalk.com, go to the memberships, hit that button if you want to try the three-day for 10 bucks, and uh, we'll send you a Discord invite, get you in there to uh, listen to everything else that's uh, going on, all the chit-chat about uh, the sports and the lineups, and all of that helps. That definitely all adds up when you're trying to put together some winning lineups. Um, Also, if you're watching on YouTube right now, quick thumbs up, hit that subscribe button. Also put a quick comment in there if you can, we'd really appreciate that. Uh, Feedback, questions, I'll get to some of those questions on there. If you're not a member and you still have questions, that's the spot to put them in the YouTube uh, comment section and and I will answer those before lock. Um, Excuse me, also, if you're watching on our audio, uh, watching audio, yeah, right. If you're listening to our audio, then uh, anywhere podcast can be heard, by the way. Spotify, Amazon Music, uh, Podbean Stitcher, um, you name it, we're there. So if if you're there and you check us out, it's, it's a really cool thing for us. If you can give us a five star and a quick comment, that gets you into a contest uh, at the end of the month that we do for a drawing for a full week. Uh, free of DFS coach talk, all access. So that'll be pulled. You still have about three weeks to enter that. All right, my friends, we've got so much information here. It's amazing. Uh, for those maybe that new are new to the show, uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to go over every single game. We're going to go over all 13 games. We're going to talk about the game set as far as the line, you know, the, the records of the teams, uh, if it's the first or second night of a back-to-back or an island game. We'll also discuss uh, two statistical categories that I think are key, especially uh, in big slates like this where they have a tendency to get overlooked, and that's pace and then defensive, team defensive efficiency. So those give you a good barometer of, of where the games uh, are going to go as far as possessions, which we know every possession counts in DFS points. So we will we are ready to go with this little sip of coffee, get the engines flowing here, and then we've got 13 up, 13 down, and we're going to get you ready to absolutely crush this NBA DFS Wednesday night, December 8th, 13 game DFS slate. Nothing better than a great cup of coffee in the morning. Well, there's a few things, but not much. All right. All right. Here we go, my friends. Buckle up. I don't go slow. I get through these, so please focus in, get the pencils sharpened, get those brains cooking, um, and we're going to fire through these games and get all the important spots together. All right, first game, 7 p.m. There are one, two, three, four... Four 7 o'clock games. Here's the first one. So these are the ones we'll know all the information before lock, which is always fun. It's the New York Knicks and Indiana Pacers. First of all, as we get started, how about the news with the Pacers looking to blow it up and trade Lavert and either Sabonis or Turner or both? So, wow. I don't know what they're thinking there, but they've got some great great pieces. i um, not sure why they're blowing it up, but I hope they come uh, to your team or mine. I'd love to see. I know Dirk wants LaVert and Sabonis. So, you know, it is what it is. We'll see if we can get them. All right. Indiana minus five, 209 total. Implied for the Knicks, 102. Indiana Pacers, 107. <clears throat> Knicks are 12 and 12 coming into the game. Pacers are 10 and 16. Uh, only guy listed on the Knicks, uh, report, and it's a second night of a back-to-back for the Knicks. So, uh, we'll see if there's any news or anybody sitting, we know Thibodeau's not a big sit guys and rest them, but, uh, we have Sims is probable for the Knicks. That's the only guy listed right now for the Pacers. We know Justin Holiday's out TJ McConnell Had surgery uh, on his wrist or hand. I believe he's out for a while. And then TJ Warren has not suited it up in a while. So statistically speaking, this game, again, Indiana Island game. Knicks second night of a back-to-back. Something to take into consideration. Uh, Pace not great in this game. Knicks second to last, second to slowest team in the league. Pacers are now below uh, the mid-level uh, number. He, they're 18th in pace. And then team defensive efficiency. You have the Knicks 19th, which is way lower than they expected, but they are getting a little better. Indiana right in the middle at uh, uh, 15th. So when we look at this game, you know, over under 209, not really something to jump out of your seat for. But a lot of the other stuff is good. It, you know, pace is not good either, but you've got. Teams not playing great D, you've got a fairly close spread at five, and, you know, you've got some potential here. If the Knicks don't sit anybody, and again, I'm not going to keep saying that all day long, you know, it's morning. So we have to follow this this news throughout the afternoon because I guarantee you with all these teams on the second night of a back-to-back and a bunch of teams on the first night, you're going to see some guys rested. We have to follow that news throughout the day. We'll be doing that in Discord at DFS Coach Talk, and in our chat, we'll be uh, making sure that's updated throughout the day. So guys, you can look at here, you know, Alec Burks at 6'8", is taking over that point guard spot, um, but Malcolm Brogdon defense, pretty tough. Uh, so not sure, you know, that at 6'8", he's the value that he once was by any stretch. Um, RJ Baird had a hot game, 5-3. He started hitting some shots there towards the end. Uh, and you know throughout he's he's a guy that can't be a decent value Julius Randall at 10 a little pricey on a game with this slow of a pace Nerland's Noel has supplanted Mitchell Robinson as the starting center but I still hate the situation there you know even though Robinson uh, didn't start he came off the bench uh, last night and played well had a bunch of rebounds so don't want the timeshare, Noel Robinson, and even a little bit of um, Topping when he plays small, or Taj Gibson. So we don't we don't need any any of that mess. That's for sure. Um, so not big on the Knicks today in this matchup. If I was going to go anywhere, you know, you, you maybe want to look at that mid priced or low price, I should say, R.J. Barrett. Uh, don't trust him all the time, though. Malcolm Brogdon at eight five, tough, but I don't like that number <clears throat> in such a pace down game. Chris Duarte is more of a, a GPP play, you know, up and down. You know that four point six price tag is so tempting because we know he has a giant ceiling. It's just that he also has a pretty low floor. Uh, Karis LeVert at five nine. You wonder, <clears throat> excuse me, how he's going to respond to this trade news he is the one piece that they mentioned first in wanting to trade. So you see two, you know, guys go two different ways in this. Either they show out because they want to get out or, you know, they're slumpy and and not giving a great effort because uh they're disappointed with the news. I think Levert plays well here. I think he would welcome the opportunity uh to get to a team where he is the the focal point. So I expect a good game from Levert I think he steps up a bit, and at five nine, I think he's a fair deal. Sabonis so at ten three, uh, a little too high again on this slate with all the options. Miles Turner is pretty cheap though, six one, uh, not a bad price whatsoever. Again, he's mentioned in these deals also, so we'll see how that affects him. Uh, really not interested in the bench guys uh, at this time for the the Pacers. All right, game two: Washington Wizards, Detroit Pistons. Washington minus five and a half. It's a 209 and a half total. Implied for Washington, 107 and a half. Detroit, 102. Another interesting game here. Washington comes in at 14 and 11. The Pistons come in at four and 19. Injuries for Washington. We have Bertans, questionable. He's been awful, though. Uh, Thomas Bryant and uh, Rui Hashimura remain out. For Detroit, you've got Corey Joseph is probable, which mixes up that guard rotation even more. Although Diallo is questionable. So he is in the rotation if he plays. So we want to keep a close eye there. And Kelly O'Linick remains out. Um, Let's look at the statistics here. The analytics evaluation of this team. Washington is 23rd in pace. Detroit 14th and as far as defensive efficiency washington 14th they're sinking they were in the top seven there at the beginning of the year and detroit is all the way down to 24th so average pace somewhat not great a little below average and defense not as not great either so this is one of those head scratcher games a lot of different possibilities um you know i'm not race into this game, but I think a few one-offs are possible. You know, you've got Dinwiddie all the way down to 5-5, which is a bargain. Bradley Beal at 8-6 is a number that's really palatable. I mean, he, he was up to 10K at one point. I think you can at least consider him. Don't really want to get into the the big men mix. Kuzma's only 5-7, but he gets Jeremy Grant defense, so not really looking there. So maybe one of the guards from Washington are possible. Uh, Detroit, again, with Corey Joseph back, that hurts Killian Hayes. Kate Cunningham starting to really be a DFS stud like we thought he would be, but he also is up to 7'6". So, you know, I I like him. I think he's very playable. I'm not crazy about the defense in the backcourt for the Wizards. So, you know, Cunningham certainly in play for that mid-level style build for sure. Um, Other than that, you know, Jeremy Grant at 7'8". Isn't a bad number, um, you know, for the potential he has. But he, again, is a guy that goes up and down. But the spread's low here at five and a half. If he gets a full run at seven, eight, he could, he could get big numbers. So either, I'm certainly not going to go with Cunningham and Grant. But I think one or the other at that mid-level price is a nice start to a lineup. Um, Isaiah Stewart down to five, six, which isn't bad. He's been getting more run. Um, but again, you got that file trouble issue. You always have to be concerned about, um, and the bench is pretty deep uh, right now for Detroit. So, don't I don't recommend playing Lyles or Frank Jackson. You know Diallo, Corey Joseph, Josh Jackson, Sabin Lee. All these guys have been getting minutes here and there. Even Luke Garza gets in there a little bit. But you know, none of those guys are playable. The reason I mention them is because it does. Sting a little bit on wanting to play like a Sadiq Bey or even an Isaiah Stewart or Killian Hayes because you're going to get a minute's cap really on a lot of those guys because there's such a rotation. All right, game three Philadelphia 76 or Charlotte Hornets. Philly minus six, 215 and a half total, 110.75 for Philly, 104.75 for the Charlotte Hornets. Philadelphia 13 and 10. Uh, Charlotte comes in at 14 and 12. What a win they had the other night. What a fun game to watch with most of their key guys out. They still were able to pick up a win. They're a fun team to watch. All right. Big news for Philly is Tyrese Maxey is questionable. Important news there because if he plays with no uh, minutes restriction, he's a great play. Um, So you really got to watch that closely. Uh, Riller is uh, probable, and we know Simmons is still out. Listen to this Charlotte group that's out. It's a starting, starting team. Absolutely. LaMelo Ball, McDaniels, Plumley, Rogier, and Ish Smith. So you've got five really good players out of that rotation. Charlotte was able to pull it off the last game. You know, the question is can they pull it off here? Uh, Philadelphia is looking for a win, and Embiid is looking healthier. Than he has in a while. Statistically speaking, it's a first night of a back-to-back for Philly, and Doc, you know, he's a little cautious there, so is that going to affect Embiid? It's going to affect Embiid, you know, for sure, I, without question in my mind, but, you know, if Philly can get control of this game at any point, he sits, so that's going to be the tough part at eleven-seven. 7 um, Anyway, as far as uh, pace goes Philly twenty six, Charlotte second. So big pace up game for Philly, which excites you for some of these uh, key guys. Pace down, a monster pace down for the Hornets. Um, as far as d- defensive efficiency, Philly sixteenth, Charlotte twenty eight. So that's another reason. You know, you got big pace up for Philly, bad defense for Charlotte. You know, Joel Embiid is could be the best play up guy on the slate but it can go wrong so it's it is a tough question to answer I I haven't quite quite got there yet uh, you know I had X'd him off as a main play today initially but now you know as I keep going through things uh, he's looking better and better I mean who's gonna guard him Nick Richards and PJ Washington I don't think so um, he's probably gonna name his number today but is he gonna need all of it And is Doc gonna play him the full minutes, knowing tomorrow? Now, if Doc has a plan to sit him tomorrow, uh, fantastic. Then let's go for it. If for some reason the news comes out and they sit him today to play him tomorrow, then Andre Drummond, yeah, Drummond. I'm the Drummond. Drummond becomes a huge play too. So, either way, I think you gotta consider the Philly center here. Um, it's just such a, a phenomenal matchup. It's hard to pass up, but it is a big financial uh, commitment. That's for sure. After that, you know, Tobias Harris at 7 6 is a good price, but he does get Miles Bridges, and Miles Bridges gets Tobias Harris. They're going to guard each other. They're both fantastic, but they're not cheap. Tobias 7 6, again, big pace up game. Bridges on the other side at 8 2 has been playing fantastic basketball. Um, after that, you know, if if Maxi sits, Shake Milton is the starting point guard. Certainly, becomes very playable. Um, but really, it's it's the big man. I'd I'd like to go Embiid, or if he sits, Drummond, uh, Harris. You can consider Maxi if he has no minutes restriction, and then Shake if he starts. So I like the Philly side. I'm probably going to come out of this game, even on 26 teams playing, the possibility of having two Sixers. The Charlotte side is interesting. You've got tons of value, but you have a pace, big pace down game, uh, so it's it's a tough call. Cody Martin came through for me last time at 5K. Uh, ubre has been absolutely out of his mind at 7-5. He's probably going to get some Danny Green defense, uh, which can be annoying, but Green's not quite where he used to be defensively. Uh, and Ubre up at 7.5. It's a hard pill to swallow, but you know, he's been breaking some slates lately. Uh, I'm probably not gonna go there. I think he'll be pretty popular because they don't have a lot of options, but I just it just feels like a, a press to me. I, I'm thinking, you know, maybe going with either Gordon Hayward at seven, six, that cheaper play with Cody Martin at five. If I have the salary and want to pay up. 8-2 for Bridges is still in play in my in my mind, um, but Tobias can D it up. So that's a tough call. Not as crazy about the Nick Richards, uh, P.J. Washington. They're pretty much splitting center right now. Uh, a guy that's going to get a lot of play because he went berserk. He had an unbelievable dunk, too, by the way. James Booknight uh, for the Hornets uh, really had a coming out game the last game. So I know he's going to get really good minutes. He's only 3.8. So he does deserve consideration. Um not a not an all-in button for me by any stretch because there's definitely some areas of possible failure there as well. Uh you know, remember they bring Thibault and guys like that off the bench to defend. So uh book night in consideration at that cheap price, but maybe Avoiding that trap play a little bit because everybody's going to be going bonkers on them uh, from the last game. All right, let's go to game four. Chicago Bulls, Cleveland Cavaliers, Cleveland minus three. So you got a nice tight spread, 211 total, 104 implied for the Bulls, 107 for Chicago. This is an interesting game. Got two teams uh, playing some decent basketball here. Chicago's 17 and 8. Cavaliers, a surprising 13-12 and 12, right in the playoff picture. Who would believe that? Uh, as far as injuries, Dean Wade is questionable for Cleveland. That's their only only injury. Um, they, you know, the Sexton's out for the season. Uh, Chicago has Caruso out, DeRozan, Green, Kobe White, Patrick Williams, all out. So they have been smashed by the injury and COVID bu- uh, bug of late. So that does not help matters uh, on their side of the ball. Hence the three-point spread. I mean, Vegas knows what they're talking about. Chicago's 13th in the league in pace, Cleveland 22nd. So not super there. Here's the scary part. Chicago's fourth, Cleveland fifth. So you have two of the top five defensive teams in the entire league. That tells me to run the other direction. Uh, Let's look at a couple of things here with this game. You know, you've got guys out. So, people are going to have to step up and it's going to create uh, some serious uh, value. On the Chicago side, you know, ball, a lot more is going to fall in Lonzo Ball's hands. He's 7 5. Dassun should could possibly get a start, good minutes at 3 9. Does Zach Levine take this game over? That's possible, but he's 10 5. Uh, Derek Jones Jr., hit or miss, more GPP at 4 3. Vuk at 9-5, not completely crazy about him in this matchup. Uh, and then they'll have a bunch of guys off the bench. So, you know, it is tempting to want to pay up for Levine. I would prefer to, you know, if I go that direction, either go in ball or mu as a, as a uh, value play. Um, on the Cleveland side, Garland's been fantastic. He's 7-7 and deserves that price. He really has been leading this team uh, and, and is in play for me. Um, after that, you have a cheap Markkinen at 5'7 coming, you know, he's been back a couple of games from the injury and he's doing better and better. I think you can consider him. Evan Mobley at 6'4's really slowed down a bit from the injury and such, but his price is getting uh, you know, to tease you a little bit. Uh Jared Allen's been terrific, man, but he's eight two. Uh, I do like him in this matchup, but, you know, the the defense is there. And, you know, at that 8-2 number now, you're talking about him having to really have a bunch of blocks in the whole nine yards to get there. So this is not a game I'm going to be looking much at, specifically, you know, from the defensive standpoint. Rubio does throw in some good games still after that super hot streak at 5-4. Kevin Love at 4'6 also has done well off the bench for them. But this, this is going to sort of be untouchable for me. I may play Desunmu in a, in a cheaper uh, you know uh, GPP or a couple of, of plays because he's that cheaper price at 3'9". Um, other than that, Ball and Garland get at least a, a bit of interest, but not my favorite game on the slate. All right, we finally move to the 7.30 game, and I'm going to take another sip of coffee. All right, the first 7.30 game. Oklahoma City Thunder, Toronto Raptors, Toronto minus 7, 208.5 total, 100.75 implied for the Thunder, 107.75 for the Toronto Raptors. Coming into this game, we've got Oklahoma City at 7 and 16, Toronto at 11 and 13. No injuries for the teenagers known as the Oklahoma City Thunder. We know Ananobi's going to be out for an extended time. Kim Birch out. Goran Dragic is somewhere just enjoying life. Um, statistically speaking, uh, we've got Oklahoma City 12th in pace, Toronto 24th defensively not good. Oklahoma City 22nd, Toronto scratching their way back up to 17th, trying to at least get to the middle of the pack. Let's take a look at what we think this game is going to look like here. Uh, both teams on a, an island game, uh, Shea Gil- Gilgis-Alexander 8-6, always a, a you know playable commodity. commodity. As well as Fred Van VanVleet on the other side at nine three, Lou Dort at five three. The potential is there if you know, but again, risk involved with that. Josh Giddey's back after being out uh, injured. He's six six. We know he's at times has triple double potential. Uh, after that, tons of bench guys, lots of guys getting minutes, and nobody that that really I think is rosterable in my opinion. Um, the Toronto side after Van Bleet, you yeah, have Trent is drifted to six two now. Uh he was a you know cheaper in the fives there for a while, made it really easy, but now it's a little bit of a, a question. You know, the the other thing is I I'm thinking Lou Dort guards uh, Van Bleet, but you know, he may take a little bit of uh Trent or Siakam as uh, on some shifts. I mean Dort can guard one through five, so it doesn't matter. But, uh, you know, Trent at 6'2", 2, possibly. Uh, Scotty Barnes, who I really like, he's all the way up to 8 1. So I don't know at 8 1 if I want to pull the trigger there. Siakam at 8 8. He had a great game the last time out. Possibly, you know, uh, some play there. Um, but it's a big commitment. You know, he, Siakam will probably be guarded by Baisley, I would assume. So, uh, you know, Baisley's a decent defender, but Siakam. Looked a little bit more like you know the Siakam. I want the ball, clear the side. I'm just taking this guy one on one. So if they keep doing that with him, you know, even at eight eight, and you know he'll probably be pretty low owned. He's he's definitely tempting. Um, I think Precious Achua deserves uh, some attention this game. He's getting decent minutes now since Birch went down, and not really pillaging those minutes from him at four six. You can get a really cheap center or power forward slash center, uh, you know, that should have a consistent game here. It's not, you know, his ceiling's limited, but his floor is pretty safe uh, now as well. A lot of good guys off the bench from them, but nobody that, that I want to plug in. I don't trust a band near Boucher. Uh, you know, those guys are just not on a 26 teams, 13 game slate. That's for sure. All right. Next game, 7.30 p.m., it's the Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat. Milwaukee's a a six-and-a-half-point favorite, 216-and-a-half, not bad uh, as total. 111-and-a-half is Milwaukee's implied, 105 for the Miami Heat. Now, you talk about injuries, Miami is definitely feeling – the burden of trying to play with a bunch of injured guys. Milwaukee hasn't exactly had a healthy season either, that's for sure. Uh, It looks like uh, George Hill is questionable, Uh, so we'll see if he's going to be able to suit it up. DiVincenzo, Lopez, and Ojale remain out. For Miami, uh, it looks like the other brother, the other Martin brother, Caleb, is questionable for Miami. We know Bam Butler Morris and Oladipo all out for Miami. So that that stings as if you're a Heat fan to have to play without all those guys. Um, very interesting here uh, as far as uh, statistically, too. It makes you scratch your head a bit. You've got pace-wise Milwaukee sixth and, My- and Miami 25th. So great pace-up game for the Heat. Defensively, though, these teams can get after it. Milwaukee's all the way up to seventh. And Miami is 12th. And, you know, the reason they're not even higher is because they played so much without their their key guys. But both of these teams are well-coached. They know how to defend. And, you know, as far as Milwaukee goes, you're back in that conundrum of Holiday, Middleton, and, and Giannis, you know, having all three sharing usage. And Bobby Portis uh, actually is more of a usage player than, than when they had Lopez in there, Uh, you know. So it's tough on any given night. Yes, those guys can can do it, especially Giannis. But you've got 11-6 Giannis in a game against uh, you know a Heat team that knows how to defend and scheme to try to at least keep Giannis in the ballpark. So you know, I always hate to say it because Giannis is you know he and Joker really have shown to be the one-two punch in DFS this season. But it's just hard to to want to spend that eleven six uh, in in this type of a matchup. Holiday at eight three, you know he was solid for me the last time out, but that's a big number. Chris Middleton at seven seven seems more doable. He's the guy I think that will benefit the most uh, with Butler and Bam being out. So Middleton at seven seven is sort of my first option with the Bucks. Uh, Portis at 7.5, still very playable. I think that he's he's been terrific. Uh, I think those two guys would be the first two spots I'd look. Don't have to go deep on this bench. You know, there's still plenty of, of value throughout the slate, and a ton more will open up as the day goes on. Um, for the Heat, you know, Lowry at seven two and Hero at seven K. Both, you know, I think seven K is a fair price for Hero. He can have some some monster games. Just uh, the Holiday-Lowry thing battling each other, uh, you know, I think that that's they're both crafty veterans, strong guys, you know, just a rough matchup for each of them. So I'm probably not going to go there. I think Hero at 7K, very fair again. Duncan Robinson's really picked up a lot of the slack. He's getting a lot more shots and usage uh, than he had before with Butler and Bam and those guys on the floor. And he's so super cheap, he's only 4K. Now, he needs to score the ball to make it because he's not going to get you a lot of the periphery stats. So, uh, you know, but still worth a consideration. Deadman at 4-8, you certainly can look at him. Yurt 7 has been playing uh, that backup center role at 3-1. So, you know, he is getting some minutes. Not really excited to go in either one of those directions on this big of a slate. So, Interesting game. I think, you know, if if it started in five minutes, you know, I'd probably go Middleton, Portis, and Hero from this event. All right, next game. We've got the Brooklyn Nets coming off the uh, comeback victory against the Mavs last night. And the Mavs now have lost eight of their last ten. Got that, dirt? You're going to have to suit up. Let's go. All right, Brooklyn is on the, that second night of the back-to-back big big minutes last night for Harden and Durant but does that matter I don't know those two guys you know especially Durant he's not human he's an alien that was placed on this planet and he just he doesn't sweat he doesn't get tired he just plays a million minutes leads the league in scoring at his age it's unreal anyway um, Brooklyn minus 6 226. This is going to be a key game tonight, no doubt. 116 implied for Brooklyn. So when you get over that 115 number in the, in this NBA of 2021, uh, that's serious. And 110 for Houston, which is really a big number for them. So this, you know, Vegas sees this game being a high scoring game, and, you know, I cannot blame them. This, this is going to be Uh very pivotal in how much people try to stack this game up with with 26 teams playing. It'll be interesting. Nets are 17 and 7. Houston is 7 and 16. We know Joe Harris and Kyrie Irving out for Brooklyn. Houston has Garuba, Green, House, Porter, and Wall. So they're still missing their starting backcourt of Green and Porter. That definitely spices things up as far as playing some of these guys that are now in starting big minutes role, a role that we're coming off the bench before. As far as uh, pace, Brooklyn's 21st, uh, but Houston's the fastest team in the league. So let's give Brooklyn a reason to run. I mean, you know, people are going to have to go to Harden or Durant if one or the other more than likely has to make a lineup for you if they both play. But who knows? I mean, Nash hasn't shown much in resting guys. Now, you know, if Brooklyn does get a decent lead, which the line is only six, that they won't push those guys. So there's so much strategy in this game, and it's probably going to make or break a lot of slates for people because I can see the reason to fade both Harden and Durant. If you think, you know, the Nets get a lead and it's a second night, they're not going to push them. I mean, they're 11-2 and 11-3. That's expensive. Uh, but I can see playing one of them for sure, and they, you know, them going off against a, a Houston team that's just not good at all, and and they're banged up. So, I mean, if I was betting this game, I'd take Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn wins this by double digits, and it scares the, the hell out of me with wanting to play Hardner Durant. I know that they'll be there, you know, a big part of getting him there. I sort of like the second flight guys. Uh, there is some interest here though. Brooklyn, it's it's something, you know. I, I like the Marcus Aldridge at 5'5. He was terrific recently. He was good in the game last night, but the big thing is he didn't get much run in the fourth quarter at all. Claxton, who's back, played a ton and he played well. And he's only 3-2. So how do you read into that? You know, is it Nash being smart knowing that Mavericks have no interior defense? you play a true center like Claxton, he's going to get a lot more in there as opposed to really the power forward type LaMarcus Aldridge that's going to shoot those mid-range jumpers. I think that might have had something to do with it. I think you're going to see Claxton get some ownership. But I don't think he's going to get more than 15, 18 minutes. That's just my gut feeling. Uh, but it does put a little scare in me for wanting to, to play LaMarcus Aldridge, at that nice 5-5 number. Uh, so got to think on that one some more. Bembry at 4-3, you know, hit or miss. Uh, Patty Mills at 4-8 had a real stretch of not hitting shots in that last game. But, you know, his price makes him so playable because he's getting 30-some minutes every game. Uh, again, on a back-to-back, we have to see exactly what Nash is going to do here. But you have to have some Nets exposure. Sorry. I mean, it just it is what it is. Just determining if you want to pay up for one of the, the big two. Or you know, supplement with one or two of the uh, secondary guys. On the Houston side, Eric Gordon, man, he's when when Green and um, Porter are out, that opens up about 50 shots, and Gordon likes to shoot, so he's been high on my radar at that five-three number. I think he's going to get big minutes again. It's it's another island game for them. <clears throat> I think that he's playable here. I really do. I think that he's the guy that can get to the number fairly easily. A lot of people have been jumping on this Garrison Matthews idea. Uh, You know, he is stepping up. I'm not going to go there. Maybe GPP-ish. After that, you know, you can look at uh, Christian Wood, but he's 9'8". But uh, certainly has been playing terrific, Um, you know, depending on the rotation that Brooklyn uses inside. Uh, Christian definitely could get to his number. Uh, he could be a real necessity on this slate. Uh, you know, I'd like to have somebody on the Houston side to bring it back with. Leaning Gordon right now, but Wood's not out of, of question either. Uh, keep an eye on, too, Armani Brooks coming off the bench, has been getting good minutes in producing. And Jandun, uh and Tice have been splitting. So, you know, that makes that duo a little tough to roster. All right. This is unbelievable, but we're only like halfway. (laughs) So uh, we're just going to keep on trucking. Another 8 o'clock game. Denver Nuggets, New Orleans Pelicans. Denver minus 2.5. 2.14 total. 108.25 implied for Denver. 105.75 for the Pelicans. So Denver 11 and 12. Pelicans 7 and 19. We have... uh, Probable tag on the Joker, uh, Doubtful on Bull Bull and Bones Highland, and then out Murray and Rivers. Pelicans, Josh Hart, questionable, excuse me, Luzada and Zion Cheeseburgers Williamson remain out. We look at, uh, from the statistical side, Denver first night of a back-to-back, first of all. So, you know, Malone sometimes takes that into consideration so we have to keep an eye on that Denver 27th in pace new the New Orleans Pelicans 19th so that doesn't help matters but here's something that does Denver 20th in defense Pelicans dead stinking last so you know you're gonna have a lot of Joker lovers here in this matchup uh, 11.9 it's a big commitment um, but certainly can look there um I think Jeff Green has to be considered. He's been playing a lot of minutes. You know, he's been playing steady. He's the guy that's really stepped up when Porter went down. The old veteran 4.5k is pretty cheap. I uh, like this matchup for him too, but it's the first night of a back-to-back and he's an old-time vet. Is that affect his minutes? You don't want to get, you know, stung on that side of it either. So at 4-5, you can think About that in cash, but more so GPP, I guess. Aaron Gordon at 6'2. He's been the rumors of a few trade possibilities, but he's been playing decent ball. Um, Will Barton, a little pricey for me at 6'9. Monte Morris, the same at 5. You know, a lot of guys coming off the bench there. Really, to me, you know, you either make the commitment to go to the Joker here at 11'9, bite the bullet, have him as your main payup guy. Uh, I like him better than Giannis today. I think he's a better play. Um, Denver's only favored by two and a half. And that tells me, you know, Vegas knows things a lot better than I do. And, you know, Denver's been struggling lately. So they're going to need all of the Joker they can get. And as of right now, again, if the, if the slate locked in five minutes, the Joker would be my key payup up guy uh, on the slate. On the Pelican side of the ball, you know, I'd like to know if Josh Hart's gonna play. that will help. Uh, not going Brandon Ingram at nine one. I think Aaron Gordon's defense is is tough and he's given Ingram trouble in the past. Herb Jones not a bad play at four two. I'm a bit on the herb Jones bandwagon. He can step up when he needs to. Uh, Joe Val at eight four. maybe not the worst decision in the world. if you know if you want to put your chips all in the middle of the table in this game and play Joker and Joe Val. That could be a winning combination. Uh, lots of guys off the Pelicans bench, none that I want to roster on a, a 26 teams in action uh, tonight. Another eight o'clock game Utah Jazz, Minnesota Timberwolves. Utah minus seven and a half. So that gets a little bit scary getting you know, up there a bit, but a really solid uh, total, 220 and a half. Uh, also, the implied's respectable, 114 for Utah. 106 and a half uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. So those are two teams that can score it. Injuries, you've got Whiteside questionable for Utah, and then Azabuki is uh, doubtful. For Minnesota, this is where we need massive amounts of news here. You've got Patrick Beverly and D'Angelo Russell questionable. So That's something we need to find out. Then we need confirmation on Cat and Noel. They're both probable. So, you know, it's important to get that information to solidify how you want to look at this game. But uh, Utah's on the first night of a back-to-back, and they're on the road. So, uh, you know, Snyder's pretty crafty the way he, you know, takes minutes into consideration. For his players, Conley generally doesn't even play the uh, both sides of a back to back. So let's watch the news there because, you know, when he sits Clarkson, Ingles, those guys can be in the discussion. Um, 16th in pace for Utah, 8th for Minnesota. But you've got two top 10 defenses. Utah's ninth, Minnesota 8th. So who would think that Minnesota would start playing some defense? But they are. That's why they won a few ball games. Um, We'll see, you know, let's see who's in and out in this game. That's going to mean a lot. Um, Really, you know, from a, a salary standpoint, Donovan Mitchell at eight, seven, he's been floating around that same price forever. Sometimes he pays it off. Sometimes he doesn't. So he's not my favorite place to go, but I think he certainly has to be considered here. Gobert at 8-5 against Cat, I sort of like that. Cat's not a good defender. Uh, I think Cat will play. And if Whiteside sits, you know, it gives just a little more run to Gobert uh, because when Whiteside's backing him up and and going well, you know, they'll give Gobert a few extra minutes. But it's also the first night of a back-to-back. So they may try to spread that out. So Gobert's at 8-5, by the way. Um, again, depending on the news, if Conley's in at 5'5, is very playable, especially if be- Beverly doesn't play. So, a lot of ifs here, but that's what NBA is right now. Um, and if Conley sits again, Clarkson would be my number one go to with 4.8. On the Minnesota side, you know, I really want to know for sure that D'Angelo Russell's in or not, because at 9'2, uh, a little pricey for me against a good Utah defense, but if he sits, it does open up a lot more for, for uh, Anthony Edwards at 8-4 and Cat uh, uh, at a little too pricey for me, 10-8. Um, Jared Vanderbilt's been really playing much, much better ball at 5-3, but welcome to the NBA, he's going to get Royce O'Neill defense. So tough game here. I mean, I love the 220 and a half. I keep digging and scratching to try to find guys that just jump out to me here. I think there's going to be, you know, good ownership in this game and deservedly so with the total. Uh, I'm just not completely thrilled. I need the news on those guys that are questionable because I could go from no ownership in this game to, you know, a one-off on both sides. But let's see how that pans out. Um, but it may be key for me that that uh, maybe Utah can hand them a a fairly decent defeat and keep that that scoring down if I do fade the game all right the Dallas Mavericks and Memphis Grizzlies we have Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back Memphis on the first night of a back-to-back so we've got uh let's see here Memphis minus four 213 is the total 104.5 implied for Dallas, 108.5 implied for the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, Tough, tough loss for Dallas last night. It dropped them below 500, 11 and 12. Grizzlies 14 and 10, playing absolutely unconscious, insane basketball. Now explain this to me. They've played five straight games since Ja Morant went down with an injury. They have never trailed not by one point in any of those five games, and they've gone 5-0. and So I don't understand it, uh, but I'm definitely concerned for the Mavericks because they come in to a red-hot team uh, in the Grizz. All right, as far as injuries go, Sterling Brown and Willie Cauley-Stein are both probable, so the Mavericks may actually have a full, complete roster. Memphis, on the other hand, no. They're dinged up all over the place. Kyle Anderson is doubtful. Clark, Merrill, Ja Morant, and Zion Williamson out. So does that mean anything? Obviously not to the Grizzlies, the way they've been playing basketball of late. Um, Dallas is the slowest team in the league. hear that, Dirk? You can still run with them, buddy. They're dead last, 30th. So that's not going to help matters when you're trying to get the ball up to your stars. In Luka, and Porzingis, and these guys, but anyway, Memphis is ninth, so it is a pace-up game for Dallas, pace-down for the Grizz, Dallas 18th in defense, Memphis 23rd, so teams, neither team playing good defense, which gives you some interest, uh, the line is great at minus four, 213 total is reasonable, so this game is playable, but you have Dallas on the second night of a back-to-back, and Memphis on the first night, so you know, you've got two coaches and kid. We don't know really what the heck he's doing, but, um, you know, he's shown to play a little bit more bench when he's had back-to-backs. Uh, you know, on the other side of the ball, Jenkins is a great coach for Memphis. I think he's a real up-and-coming coach, uh, but he doesn't have a whole lot of options with all his studs out. So I think his main guys are going to get solid minutes. So way I'm looking at this right now, you know, Luka at 11-5 on a back-to-back. He just hasn't looked great to me. I know his stats were terrific. He's a he's a monster. But eleven five. 5 I mean, you've got to really be committed here. And they're so damn slow. Um, he doesn't look completely fit to me. This last time that he's been out, looks like he put on a little weight. He just, I know his numbers were great. And he's still one of the best players in the league. I just don't think he's 100% clicking on all set cylinders. And it, you know, that's a little nerve wracking when he's going to get harassed by Desmond Bain and specifically Dylan Brooks. So I'm not going Luca again, uh, you know, until I, you know, think that it's the right matchup and he's looking sharp on his game. Uh, Bullock at three, one could not drop the ball in the ocean, even wide open. I mean, he could be a nice value play. if He could just make some shots. He's a three and D guy, I get it. But, you know, the D part's been great. The three part, no. So, you know, we'll see. Hardaway's really going to get the majority of those minutes at shooting guard anyway. After that, I got to say, Chris Stapps played a really solid game this last time, last night. But just coming back from an injury, second night of a back-to-back, 8.1K. It's poor No, thank you. No way I'm risking that. Uh, if he beats me, he beats me, but no way. After that, I, I mean, the only guy I consider is Jalen Brunson at 5 4. I was furious last night. He didn't get run at the end of the game. Uh, when I, you know, he's such a clutch player, great foul shooter, great decision maker. I just, I didn't think he got enough minutes. So that scares me a bit. Um, but at 5 4, you can at least consider him. But I'll tell you right now, I mean, I've been down on the Mavericks the last couple of weeks because they haven't looked right, and I still am, unfortunately. Uh, for the Grizzlies on the other side, you know, Tyus Jones at 5'7 has been solid. He really has picked up the reins and run this team. The guy that I've, you know, I've been on him since his first game, I, I thought he was a great pick as a rookie, Desmond Bain. He's up to 6'5", which definitely hurts, uh, but he's been tough, man. He has picked up a lot of scoring. Uh, you know, especially since jaw went down. So he's in consideration guy I like the most is Dylan Brooks, though. He's only six one. They need him in the game to guard Luca. He's going to score and cause some troubles on the other side. I think he's well in play. And then the big guys now, you know, members that are listening are going to laugh at me here because I shredded Steven Adams two days ago in our discord when we were chatting in there before the slate. And then he went on to have like one of the best games he's had in 10 years. So I'm not bad talking bad about Steven Adams anymore. But I will say this. It's the first night of a back to back. He's older. Um, Yes, the Mavericks get murdered by big men. Will that big man they get murdered by be Steven Adams? Or will it be Jaron Jackson or a combination of the two? You know, Jackson at seven K is a fairly decent price. He's the guy I'd lean to over Adams, but Adams is not off my radar. And I know I was dogging him two days ago, but that's DFS. It's the matchups. It's the situation. You know, you can think of guys a dog one day and a hero the next. It's just the the way that, that this game flows. But it would be ironic after uh, smashing him in our Discord to, to play him 48 hours later. But it's possible. I'm considering it but leaning more towards Jackson and Adams at this moment. A lot of good guys off the Grizz bench like Melton, et cetera, but not enough on a slate like this. All right, three games left and happens to be the late slate, two 10 o'clockers and 10.30. It's going to cause a coffee celebration here. All right, here we go. Last three, 10 down three to go. <laughs> 10 o'clock, Orlando at Sacramento. Sacramento, seven-point favorite. Triple deuces, 222.5 total. Got to love that. 107.7 implied for the Magic, 114.75 for Sacramento. These are two teams that I play a lot. I love this matchup. This game is exciting to me. But Orlando comes in, 5-20. and 20. Sacramento 10 and 14. And you got to love DFS when you're most excited to watch a game at 10 o'clock that a five and 20 team against a 10 and 14 team. I mean, there's nothing better than DFS. I, I absolutely love it. It makes every game count. And, you know, my first NBA, if, if, you, ha- if you don't know this, and I always brag about it, but I, I deserve to because it's so amazing. This is my 42nd year. In an, we started, my buddy and I, Mike Perry in high school, started an NBA DFS year-long league back in 1980, our sophomore year of high school. So I always like to mention it once in a while because it's 42, 42nd year. I've won it 16 times, so don't mess with me in year-long. Anyway, I, I say that because it always reminds me that once we started DFS back in the day, it made games that people wouldn't watch if, you know— the smash the windshield games when they smash the windshield and put the tickets on your dashboard instead of taking them out. It's one of those games you got to family and friends only watch. But DFS makes this so much fun because it make it put games in play. And again, this will probably be my key play game of the night. Uh, and it's uh, it's the, the magic in Kings. So there you go. Um, or uh, like I say, five and 20, 10 and 14 injuries. Uh, MCW, Fultz, Isaac, Moore, and Suggs all out for Orlando. Um, For Sacramento, we definitely need the news on Harrison Barnes. He's questionable. Harkless questionable as well. So uh, definitely the Barnes news means a lot there because it does shift that rotation a lot. Um, uh, Pace, Orlando 7th, Sacramento 3rd, ding, 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 winner. Uh, defense Orlando twenty seventh Sacramento twenty fifth another ding triple dinger that it makes this game very very interesting if if Orlando keeps it close Sacramento is favored by seven but they're not world beaters this game could be one of those nice big fat juicy DFS games and that's what I'm hoping for Cole Anthony obviously one of my favorite players if you watch this show every day uh, seven six Uh, definitely in play for me. I think Wendell Carter Jr. at 6'8", is a good consideration. Mo Bamba at 6'2", also a consideration. Um, If you want to go deeper, you know, you've got some big value plays there and guys like Ross Okiki and Hampton Wagner, uh, Harris even, but probably going to stick to the main guys on the Orlando side. Definitely like some Sacramento guys as well. I think De'Aaron Fox at 83 is playable. Tyrese Halliburton at 6K, not bad. If Barnes is in at 53, he's gone. He was way priced in the eights earlier in the year. If he's with no limits, then we'll see what you know. See what the deal is here. Plus, this game is an island game, by the way. That's the other thing that makes me like it a lot. Uh, Metu at 48 in play. He's getting minutes. He's in the rotation since Gentry took over and he he's been getting to his number. Rashawn Holmes is at a price that you can consider now at 63. And then Buddy Hield and Davion Mitchell both have to be talked about here. Hield's 55, uh Mitchell really cheap at 33. Three. Those guys have the potential to get some solid minutes. Um the only time, you know, only thing that worries me a little bit about Cole Anthony is if Mitchell does get that big time and uh, guards him a little bit, you know, that doesn't help matters, but I can see myself with three guys out of this game, which is a lot on a, a size this, uh, you know, a slate this size. But, you know, I think there's just great plays here. I mean, Anthony, maybe an Anthony Carter followed up by Fox and Metu, something of that nature, uh, or Barnes, depending on the news. So, uh, love love this game. I think that uh, you have to have some exposure here, and I think it's going to go overlooked. All right, two games left, 10 o'clock, Portland and Golden State. Golden State by a big fat 14, 217 and a half total. This game does have potential blowout without question. Um, Portland coming in at 11 and 14, but completely crushed by injury. Uh, Warriors 20 and 4. So this is going to be a game I'm not too fired up about at all. Uh, terrible news for C.J. McCollum with a collapsed lung. So prayers with him, that is some serious stuff. Uh, So they're just decimated with injuries. They don't even know if uh, Simons is going to play. He's questionable. Uh, Nazir Little's questionable. Macklemore, Cody Zeller, all questionable. And then out, we know Lillard and McCollum. So they're going to be playing with mop-up duty. Yes, it's going to create some uh, value but how much value do you trust in some of these portland guys against golden state's number one defense in an island game for golden state for both teams and then the blowout potential so this is this is a terrifying game as far as golden state goes we know clay and wiseman still out Iguodala is uh probable so they should be getting him back so monster mismatch here looks like you know, really a not super competitive competitive game. Pace is good. Portland in the middle of the uh, league at 15. Golden State at five. Portland has the second worst defense. So Golden State should just run over them. And again, Golden State remains first in the league in defense. If you are going to go with some value from uh, Portland, you know, it's amazing to me. Dennis Smith Jr. is 5'8". Norman Powell is 4'8" how could Smith be a thousand bucks more out of nowhere here? But, you know, you got to talk about both guys. They're the two guys that I'd consider probably Powell first and Smith second, I think are definitely uh, in play here. Then you've just got, you know, you've got to scratch your head. Do you go to Nurkic at 6'9"? He could be a phenomenal play if he gets it done. Um, somebody's got to take the usage and shots. I mean, if Simons plays, then... You know, you don't consider Smith and you play Simons, or maybe it eliminates both. Uh, but Powell's my number one look here. After that, it's just, it's a mess. I mean, Nurkic, in consideration if I can make that work, especially the sites where you can start two centers, but not super excited. Again, on the other side with Golden State, you know, I'm not dialing up Steph at 11-4 in a game that could blow out uh, like this. It very well could. Pull at 5'9 is tempting. Wiggins at 6'3. I get it. Draymond, again, at 7-1 at in a blowout. Not really going to race there. So this game is going to be pretty dead to me, except for one of the Portland value plays once we get the final news. All right. Last game on the slate. It is a 10-30 game. So we have two 10s and a 10-30. Uh, maybe have to put out a late night uh, three-gamer for our members there at Coach Talk. Clippers by four two thirteen total one, four and a half for Boston one Oh eight and a half for the LA Clippers. Boston on the second night of a back-to-back. We saw them lose to the Lakers last night. And uh, let's see how this game goes tonight. Boston 28th and pace Clippers 10th. Um, defense solid Boston 10th Clippers third. So again, not a super duper game to chase after, but there are some plays here. Uh, You have Schroeder at 6-2. He was pressing a little bit last night against the Lakers, or, uh, yeah, against his old Lakers team. Uh, Didn't quite have the game people were expecting it, like insane ownership. Uh, I think a lot of people will be a little sour there, but he's still a good play. Tatum at 10-6, you know, definitely can be considered. Um, Let's look real quickly here at... Uh, the injuries: Jalen Brown questionable, Fernando and Parker out, uh, Batum questionable for the Clippers, Leonard and Preston out. Boston's 13 and 12, so are the Clippers. Same record in this ball game. Then after that, uh, you know, as far as the consideration here, you know, Tatum's always a, a possibility, but it's Tatum versus George. I think it's like Spider-Man, Spider-Man. There, they eliminate each other. Maybe some value with a Morris or Jackson at decent prices at 4, 8, and 6. Schroeder at a bounce back at 6, 2. Uh, you can consider maybe Robert Williams at a cheap 5, 7. All right, my friends, that is it. We're through at DFSCoachTalk.com. Uh, join us. We'd love to have you, and we'll be back tomorrow again when we look to crush it in NBA.